You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series, which is also syndicated for the A-List Online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and the interview subject you're about to hear from, his name is Anton Cabanon. He's the main man, also the guitarist, but he's the main man. He's the guy who writes all of the music, produces it, it turns out, as well. For Beast in Black, it's his band. The reason for the chat is to promote the brand new album for the band for 2019, which is called From Hell With Love. Let's have a listen to what Anton has to say. Here we go. Hey, mate. How's things going? All good. Thank you. What about you? Yeah, not too bad. I've just, uh, I'm, I'm a 40-year-old uni student these days, so I've had a pretty busy day at uni and decided to take the family out to, because I've got kids, decided to take the family oh, okay. out to, to Chinese for dinner, the yum cha. And uh, that's really oh, nice. That's One of my favorite restaurants. Yeah. So uh, looking forward to this conversation tonight, that's for sure. It's good to talk to you. All right. Cool. Likewise. How's the, uh, how's the Aussie phone grind been for you? How's the Australian indie journal types? How have we been treating you? <laughs> Perfect. It's been great talk so far. Like, Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, cool. All right. Are you at home at the moment or are you out on the road somewhere? Yeah, I'm home in the kitchen looking from the window it's, uh, to, into snowy Helsinki. Lots of snow there. <laughs> Drinking tea here. So, all good. Well, it's been about 35 degrees Celsius here. Um, I've been swimming today, and I've got to be careful about going out in the sun too much because you can get burnt and get skin cancer, which is a real big issue here in Australia, as you can appreciate it, because majority of us have a heritage from Europe, and we're uh, yeah, yeah. Not, uh, not got that heritage of being out in the sun all the time. So, uh, yeah, But we yeah. do go out in the sun. You've just got to lather up and be careful, but that's life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's it. So, okay. Yeah. So tell me, you were in Battle Beast, okay? And I had a, it's interesting. I had a chat with Nora about two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. She seemed pretty cool, and they had a pretty good album out. I can't remember the name of it now, but um, I know you had, a, if you don't mind me saying, you had a bit of a difficult divorce with the guys, and but you rebounded, and you rebounded very well. And here you are now with your second album, I think, from Hell with Love. Now, mm-hmm. to my ears, feel free to correct me. It's a harder, leaner, and meaner version of what you were doing with Battle Beast. So it must feel great to have an album out there after your initial album, Beast in Black's album, was received so well, The Berserker. Yeah, I mean, it's very rewarding. Like, I'm trying to see this uh, whole picture, like looking at my own career when I started, mm. when was the first time that I wanted to have a band and you know get a regular label and so forth and and battle beast to me nowadays looks like you know it was a school and now with beast in black we're like finally like now we're like really like this is the real deal finally getting to do this this way and it's going well and it's very rewarding and hmm. so everything that happens in life it's just like a turn on the road you know you know is, or a bump yeah. on the road you know it doesn't stop your your journey so that's how it feels now the journey is like going on and we have like a nice pace uh, it's like it means that there's a lot of gigs and good feedback lots of views on youtube and what what any band would like what any band dreams about and you know it's slowly happening and growing up and hope it stays that way. You know, it's still just the beginning with Beast in Black, only second album, and hopefully we can do this for decades. You know, since the yeah. band feels itself 
very uh, great. You know, the chemistry is very much there. And yeah, yeah I, can, so, I can hear that. I can hear that. It's a very composed album, meaning that there are no weak spots. Okay, so. Uh, okay. Yeah, music's very subjective, but I look, I, I'll be quite frank with you, power metal and that sort of thing, it usually isn't my thing, but I did like your album here, and I, I listen to albums in the car, and one that's the thing that I, and I do lots of driving, lots of long-range driving in my Jeep, and um, one thing I notice about an album is if, I, if it's patchy, I tend to want to turn it mm-hmm. off, because who doesn't, but with your one, I was quite happy to listen to it from start to finish, okay. and there's... A lot of really positive Great. moments right across it. So I'm really glad for you that you're getting that feedback on YouTube, and hopefully people are commenting positively on YouTube if they're watching the uh, the videos that you got posted up there. Yeah. So that's that's yeah, doing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like the um, the other thing I liked was the album cover art too. Okay, glad to hear because you know it's kind of in this typical uh, uh, sword and sorcery type, you know. Hmm. What Ken Kelly or Frank Frazetta or Boris Vallejo does, but those guys are like one of my favorites, and they are also the favorites. Some of the favorites of uh, the uh, guy who made the album cover, my friend Roman Ismailov. So I'm glad to hear you like it because we're gonna keep you know that style at least. It, yeah, it fits do too. for sure. It's, yeah. Well, look, this is something. I'm, Something I'll, I'll share with you now. You know, you've, you've obviously seen what what's been going on with Manowar, and I think mm. bands like yourself, there's a massive opportunity there now because I think a lot of fans are really put off by what what has gone on there with Manowar, and they yeah, might yeah. not return. And for bands like you guys who are producing a similar have a similar fan base, it's probably fair to say you're gonna mm. you're gonna attract a lot of fans. So I'm really glad to hear that, and that's really important to the fans is the image and the artwork. So, you know, putting things like this on silk flags. You remember, oh, you used to be able to get, or you still get them, of course, but the Iron Maiden album covers on silk flags and hang them in your bedroom. I'd love to see this album cover on a silk flag. Yeah. It'd look awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a good idea. We were thinking of producing some, you know, like that kind of stuff available in the future, like for the merch or for the web shop, hmm. you know, flag, that stuff. You know, it's good. And, you know, I'm a big fan of visual stuff anyway, and so it definitely, uh, like you said, it's the image is very important of oh, the yes. band. And some mm. might find it like cheesy or corny, what whatever. But as long as it, you know, comes from the heart, you know, I, for example, the music itself for some is like so cheesy. But I grew up with this kind of 80s and 90s music. To me, it's like natural and normal, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it, when I write song or when we work on the album cover art it's not okay let's make something so cheesy let's collect all the cliche elements and stuff it just happens the way it happens because we really mean it what we do and stand behind our decisions and artistic decisions and yeah good on you yeah well let's maybe that's why it works because it's not like fake you know it's real it is real yeah Yeah, no, it does. I, I know, I know what you're saying because you've got a you've got a perfect marriage between '80s style synth pop and power metal. At least that's what I'm hearing. Bit of thrash in there too, which I really like. But um, who inspired you to craft such an anthemic music? Because of course you were a principal songwriter in Battle Beast and got them on that track. But no one was really doing that ten years ago. You're really the guy that started it off, started it off, from what I can see. 
Yeah, well, like I said, it's because I've been growing up with that stuff. You know, it comes from the cartoons even that I watched as a kid. You know, I mm. love the opening themes of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, Biker Mice from Mars. It's like cartoons had kick-ass music. And as a kid, it already like something, you know, subconsciously made me realize, hey, that music creates certain feelings. And maybe that kind of like taught me to control, like learn music and then control it in a way. I mean, like to create certain feelings by yes. knowing what you do music wise. You are nowadays, I understand, okay, if I write this and this and put this together, it creates more or less this type of a feeling. At least that's how it feels for me. Um, like I'm flesh and blood like anyone else. So probably majority of people are going to feel more or less the same, like I feel about this. And so, and the uh, inspirations and the idols, like I cannot really pinpoint a single uh, sing one single one from who I learn. It's like all the good music in my life. I always like mm. keep it in the back of, back of my mind. And when I write stuff, it's nothing new. It's something that I learned from the best ones. And I just pick the uh, favorite pieces and writing process is just like, letting out that stuff that you have absorbed uh, during your whole life until the moment where you are now. So you did tour with, certainly, uh, I think you'd agree with this, as far as I'm concerned, one of the best, and that's Blackie and Blackie Lawless out of Wasp. Did he Did he give you any sage words of advice? Uh, the Wasp tour? Yeah. What? Well, I don't know if you heard that whole thing the tour ended quite soon it was supposed to be like a month long oh, tour shit. but no sorry then, i didn't didn't hear that i read that there was a tour company that happened but yeah. yeah that's kind of kind of funny thing that you said that any advice from blackie but it's quite the opposite of what happened there you know the tour ended and the reason was blackie lawless basically oh shit what happened no but nowadays we already laugh about it because you know it didn't stop us it was a bump on the road road but back then it was like very uh everyone felt very bad and like frustrated but that happens you know he has a reputation and i guess i could say he kind of lives up to it you know there were diff difficulties like since day one on the tour oh, like yeah, yeah. weird behavior from them and all kinds of ridiculous demands and decisions how they treated the support band and oh, so at some point yeah. yeah at some point they just like it was too much like the latest of their demands uh, we were like okay that's it that's totally bullshit you know we're not gonna uh, give in to your demands and but that was not agreed beforehand it's a different thing if you agree something beforehand of course we do exactly how it's in the agreements and stuff but you know when they come up with something that's nowhere written mm. in like black or white and then you come with all kinds of stuff. It's ridiculous, you know. Can you give us an example of some of the things that happened that that, that led to the tour ending early? Well, okay, the, la the latest thing is, I'm just going to tell that, you know, they started to, like, kind of, uh, you know, ask for money or, let's say, blackmail is maybe a oh, quite right. a strong word. Yeah. That's quite a strong word, but, you know, and there was no, like, agreement on that. It was... A, these money things and all that were agreed beforehand. You cannot like suddenly uh, like, yes. demand. Say cough up and gives more money. So yeah. we were like, hey, 
that's about it. Like we're not paying you one dime, one cent or one euro. So, um, but nonetheless, you know, I'm still a fan of Wasp and Blackie, like music wise. I still love the albums. Yeah, yeah. I listen to that stuff. So I, I understand that, you know, there are also flesh and blood, even though at some earlier uh, stage of my youth, like in, as a teenager, bands like Wasp are more like idols. You like, you have your own image of them. And, but then you realize, especially when you meet them, it's like, Hey, they're not like these gods are that great in all aspects. Like they have their weaknesses as well. And, and I just accept that. And because it doesn't stop Beast in Black, we we know what we want to do. And like mm. I said, it was a bump on the road, so I don't want to have a grudge. No, and you're, like you're very. I mean, you went through my words here a difficult divorce with um, Battle Beast, and then you've had this thing happen with Blackie. Uh, you're very resilient, and you've got the music behind you. So, yeah, to your point, mate, it is just a hiccup on the road to a very, very long and successful career. I envision for you. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's what it's about. Like, you got to know your destination. I mean, if you don't have a goal, like where you want to go, then you are like a ship without a captain drifting around, never ending up anywhere. Mm. But when you have that something, that's a great like source of like emotional powers, like strength. And that keeps you going on. But it's not easy. It's hard. I'm not telling that it's easy. But if you don't, wouldn't have that some kind of a goal or passion for something, then it could have much more devastating results when you have these setbacks. Mm. Mm. And of course, like, you know, if you have a family support, friends there with you, like true friends and a big, big uh, thank you for all of those people goes always as well. Yeah. That's how it yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, look, you've got great music, and that's always the the platform. You know, we talked earlier about the image and having great artwork. That's that's all. I think that's essential, but it's not as essential as having great music. And you do have great music, so just keep on with the wonderful music that you're producing, and fans will keep flocking to it. As I said before about the Man of War thing, and it's it's just I hate when I hear things like a guy like like he should know better. He's a born again Christian as well, so. If he's yeah. if they've fucked up the finances on the tour, that's not on your heads. That's on their heads, and they shouldn't yeah. be treating a band that way. It's as simple as that. It's really shitty to hear that they do that to an up and coming band, an emerging band. You know. Yeah, but uh, that's a great lesson again. Like for a band like us, we we experienced that kind of a tour. And uh, anyway, I I've experienced like. Uh, uh, getting out of like being kicked out or being forced to leave on my own band and all that stuff mm. and when you go through lots of uh, difficulties and you kind of see the bigger picture and act also better like you, you don't have like these delusions when you go on tour or when you make album you just realize things much better and Mm. and stay down to earth it's important to stay down to earth during your whole career you know when somebody starts to become like too much of a star or diva well, then you're going the wrong way and like nightwish is a good example like all the guys are great you know they're the most successful band from finland and they're still like so yeah. down to earth you can easily chat with them about anything and you know i really admire their attitude how they have remained 
from beginning until this day. So yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And uh, something else. I'll just talk about the album again. What I re- mm-hmm. probably the key feature of the album that I was really impressed with was the way that you captured the vocal on the recording. So is that you that's done the production as well? Or did you have a really, you know, really shit hot engineer that just knew how to capture the vocal side of things? Actually, uh, yeah, I produced it myself in my own studio. Oh, there you go. In the beginning, yeah. I, had just, I had a friend's help to set up some recording equipment there. But from that point on, I took it uh, from there until the end. And Yannis is a great singer, actually. He also produces, uh, you know, uh, stuff on his own, hmm. apart from Beast in Black. So he's very, like, a good a studio musician, and has a he has a perfect pitch. So he's very yeah. good with yeah. That. Yeah, I heard that. I definitely heard that. Yeah. Look, with with all due respect to bands like Hammerfall, I've always felt that I don't know the I can't remember the vocalist's name, but I always felt his pitch was off, and um, it, it might have been intentional because sometimes that happens you know just to have a bit of a tug at the melody there but there's um oh god there's a lot of power metal bands where the vocal isn't isn't there but yours is your vocalist is on point you've really you've you've nailed it you've captured that beautifully the i've got i write notes when i'm listening to things and um to me it sounds like a choir is singing oh that's great to hear thank you and like like i said Yannis is like in a way easy to work with in the studio because he pushes himself uh, I don't always have to like push him because he's also demanding for himself, and like that's how I like it. You know, when the guy is there to give his hundred percent, and he like hears the nuances. Many singers, I've like heard many singers who, in my opinion, could could be much better, but you know, they don't hear the nuances in their own mistakes. And Yanis is like great. Like yeah. most of the time, we hear the same things with him. Like ninety percent of the time, when we are choosing the lead vocal takes, it's like ninety or ninety-five percent of the time, it's the same selections that we always make. So that says something. Like, in tune. yeah. All right, I better make this my last question then, because no doubt you've got one coming through in about two or three minutes' time or so. But Australia, have you heard a lot from Australian fans over social media? And have you got plans to come down here anytime soon? Uh, we would really love to come there, but I think uh, the correct way would be, you know, first to get a good support slot or to play at some festival because yeah. that's how you make yourself known. You go support uh, uh, some big band, huge band there. Then people know about you. Then the next time you might uh, go there as a headliner. So I guess we have to uh, find the right uh, slot whenever there's availability and resources to money-wise to do the tour and find the right like artist that could uh, take us as a support band there then we would definitely come there so and we get feedback from australia and like everywhere in the world actually so cool. everyone is asking like come here come there go there and we'd love to you know play a world tour at some point but now it's too early because you know we're still in the beginning it's only the second album and it's not the 80s anymore or 90s when the mm. physical sales were better. It's really like <laughs> it's hard times in record industries. Yeah, that it is. That it is. Well, look, good luck with and everything. You got a good head on your shoulders, mate. I think you will be. I think we'll be having conversations for many years because I'm not going to stop doing this anytime soon. So, I think I'm up to my third or fourth conversation with Blitz from Overkill. You know, I think you're going to sort of have a career that mirrors theirs. 
Yeah, just keep on doing right. what you're doing, man, and, and hopefully you'll uh, be down in Australia before you know it. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Indeed. All right, mate. Thanks for the chat. It was awesome. Thank you. Likewise, and like a, have a good uh, what is it dinner? Dinner at the oh, restaurant with your now. family. Yeah, we're done now, so it's it's twenty past nine okay. for me. I'll try and get the kids to bed now, so that's all good. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> no worries. All right, brother. No worries. All the best with it. Okay. Till next time. Take care. For sure, mate. No worries. Catch ya. Bye bye. Bye bye. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series, which is also syndicated for the A List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that interview subject was Anton Cabanon. He's in a Finnish outfit called Beast in Black. Thank you so much for listening.